Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and get ready to get med ready. everyone thanks for tuning in to another episode of the making of an incredible md podcast it's gabby here and on today's episode i run through a practice mmi station with a student this station is about professionalism and we did it to uni melb timing so that's two minutes reading and five minutes answering time with three follow-up questions Before we jump into the station, I will do an acknowledgement of country. So I would like to acknowledge the traditional and rightful owners of the land in which everyone is on today that is listening to the podcast. But I am recording this podcast on Boonwurrung country. And I would like to pay my respect to the elders past and present, um, as well as acknowledge that this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So the station today, I'm about to read it out. Um, If you would like to follow along. You can listen to the scenario and then give yourself two minutes to think about the scenario before answering the questions. So, you are currently in your last year of medical school. It is your final clinical rotation and it is important to attend. A colleague of yours has been extremely unwell over the weekend, struggling to get out of bed. You arrive at clinical placement on Monday. To your surprise, your colleague is present. She looks terrible, no better than she had over the weekend. As she walks past you in the corridor, she whispers, don't worry, I'll be fine. I can't afford to miss today. Good luck. Okay, that's reading time up. Your first question is, what would you do in this scenario? Honestly, there's, there's little that you can do in... I think changing the decision of the person because it's hard to influence someone else's decision, especially on something that I'm assuming they've worked very hard to get through medical school. And so a final clinical rotation might mean something monumental to them. Um, Plus, if it's important to attend, it can be hard to persuade someone out of it in case they have the anxiety over missing an important piece of information or um, something important in that final clinical rotation. Um, So I think as a friend, um, if they've already made the decision to go to that clinical rotation, the best thing that you can do is like monitor them, continue to check in on them, make sure that they're like doing the basics, drinking water, keeping their fluids up, taking some kind of med- medication if they need, um, and just continually checking in on them throughout the day. And then if noticing like that they are getting really bad um, symptomatic symptoms, um, then stepping in and maybe encouraging them to go home. But I think there's no point in like scolding them or making them feel bad for turning up when they're sick. Um, when this is like taking their academics seriously might be just something personal to them. So just being there for them silently. Um, and then if need be stepping in and giving them advice to go home or to, to seek better help from someone else or to advise a supervisor or something that maybe this person is unwell and we should keep an eye on them. You know that this is not the first time that your colleague has been unwell on placement whilst being with patients. Does this change the way you would respond? No. Um, At the end of the day, it is their decision to continue um, turning up to their placement. 
yes, it puts other patients at risk. And assuming that you're in a hospital or a medical facility, you are obviously around people that are already unwell or are at a higher risk of becoming unwell. So it isn't the wisest thing, and you can voice your concern to your colleague, but like I said, at the end of the day, there's, there's not much that you can do in, in swaying their decision. You can just um, tell them the correct point of view from what you believe in that they are putting people at risk, um, but you can't change what their action is. And so if they do continue to rock up, then you just need to adapt to the situation and whether that's for, like encouraging them to maybe wear a mask if they've got a cough or visible symptoms or just encouraging them to take care of themselves and keep a distance and little things. Personally, what would you find the most challenging in this situation and what strengths slash weaknesses of yours would you work on to help manage this situation? I think the hardest thing personally is I can be a bit of a, a people pleaser and I don't want to step on people's toes. So I would be scared to speak up to a friend, especially or a colleague, and especially if I am closer friends with them, I don't want to make them upset and I don't want to create kind of like a power relationship where just because I'm in a better position um, in terms of physical health doesn't mean that I have a right to tell them what to do um, with their own decisions. And so I think I'd struggle with that. But at the end of the day, um, I think my strengths of just being non-judgmental like knowing what is the correct procedure in that kind of situation, but being able to adapt and not judge whatever approach is taken by my colleague would be my best strength. And that I'd still make them feel comfortable with whatever they choose um, and support them with what they do so that we can minimise the risk of the whole situation. Okay, that's the last question and you have 40 seconds. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I don't think so. No? That's okay. That's fine. Well done. Hi everyone, sorry to interrupt your podcast, just popping in to let you know that our Hala to Health MMI season is just around the corner. This season we have the option of both virtual and live circuits where you can choose whether to submit your mock MMI and get feedback from an examiner at a later time or attend the live circuits and get feedback from a real examiner who is a current medical student who's done it all before in live time. If you're interested in finding out more about these great MMIs, please find links in our show notes, or otherwise you can head to our website to get more information. We'll see you at the live MMIs. So, first of all, how do you think you went? Um, looking back at it, uh, I think I used a bit of slang, and I did the ums and ahs, and I used like a lot which I don't I feel like that's not preferred um I don't think I had a very strong opinion and from the little that I've heard I think that it's important to have a like have a stance in like whatever scenario they're giving you to have a strong stance and back that up with your personal um opinion um but I do think that I have the strength of being like sympathetic um and calm so I don't know how that balances out. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, great. I think that's a really good reflection. So let's run through those things. So first of all, the ums and the likes and the jargon. That's okay. That all comes with practice. Those, I would say, are the easiest things to fix, but also the most time-consuming things to fix. (laughs) So keep at it just every time you do an interview practice. Just try... My technique is instead of saying um, even though I still say um all the time, (laughs) but my technique is I just pause Mm -hmm. instead of saying um and I think it's okay and it sort of sounds as though I'm thinking, which I am, but instead of saying um, I am just pausing. So it's sort of, I don't know, it's, it's better to have a pause, I think, than an um. But, um, and like as well, I don't know. But maybe finding a different word to go in place of that or, again, just pausing. Uh, But practicing every time you do an interview, that will come. So don't stress too much about that. Um, As well as structure. So I think partly the reason why you use the word ums and likes all the time is because you don't have a solid structure yet, which is fine because this is one of the first interviews you're doing. So that is fine. You don't have a structure. But maybe try to just play around with a few different different structured types um, and see how you go with that to see if that reduces the ums and the likes a little bit as well. It makes you feel a little bit more confident when you're responding as well. Yeah. 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 And then in terms of the stance, yes, um, there's this whole thing like should you have a strong stance, should you not? Yeah. And I think it's very scenario dependent. But I think in a scenario like this, it is important to have a stance and um, and back it up with reasons as to why you feel this certain way. And it's it's also good to have an open mind and demonstrating that you do have an open mind. But I think it is important to t- to pick a side most of the time. But mm-hmm. I do agree that you did show very good empathy. And that was some of my main feedback was great empathy, um, great loyalty and support that you were demonstrating. And really you sort of spelled out the ways in which you would support this person. So mm-hmm. encourage them to look after their physical health, their symptoms, but also encouraging them to go home if they feel unwell, which is great. I think that's all you yeah. need to do. Um, but let's run through the three main questions. So the first one is, what would you do in this situation? So this is sort of the main question. And if I was structuring this response, I would probably spend about two to three minutes on this question because there's a lot of things that you could unpack. I'd start by saying, what is my role in this scenario? So is this just a colleague or is this a peer or is this a friend? Because I think that's very different distinctions. If this was my friend, you'd have a different conversation if they were your colleague. Um, So starting off with that sort of what is my role in this situation would be the first step. And then the second step would be what are the issues here? So first of all, and I think the main issue in your mind is my friend's unwell or my colleague is unwell and that's not great because they, they feel crappy and they're on placement. So yeah. that's, that's not ideal. That's issue number one. And they're worried obviously about the placement and missing placement and academics, which makes it more stressful that they're sick because they have to worry about placement plus worry about recovery. So that's the main issue. But another issue here is patient safety, especially in the current climate of COVID. And I think that's what the station is sort of alluding to, the ethics of going to work or going to placement when sick. Um, and and professionalism as well, like our role as um, healthcare professionals, as students in protecting patient safety. So those are the two main problems, the health of the colleague and patient safety slash professionalism. So I'd want to outline those yeah. first and then state what I would do. 
And in this scenario, I think it's really important to outline the conversation that you'd open up with this colleague. So, uh, first of all, you know, it's coming from a very empathetic understanding situation that it is hard when you have all of these placement requirements to meet. However, you're sick and you don't want to go into placement because you don't want to, you know, um, uh, get anyone else sick, including patients who may be more vulnerable. However, it is important to maintain professionalism and patient safety. So I would talk to my colleague about the options that they had. Is there any way that they could go home today, do online work today, and then arrange a makeup of placement in a couple of weeks' time? Have they spoken to the coordinator? Have they spoken to the teacher or the, yeah, whoever's in charge of their placement? If not, maybe I can go with them and chat to them or maybe I can help them send an email. Um, so it's about opening up that conversation. I think it's really important in this first question, doing those three things. So identifying your role, identifying the problems and what you're actually going to do. Okay. So I think you did well in terms of talking about how it's a really challenging situation, but you didn't really talk so much about what you would do. So, and, and ultimately that's sort of what the question is. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any questions about that uh, first question? Um, just to clarify, but it's basically going, um, it's the structure of identifying and then solving. Exactly. Much. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really good to lay out the problems first of all. Like sometimes it's not that relevant because the problems are clearly written in the scenario. Um, yeah. But I do think if you can demonstrate your awareness of the problems and in a very specific way and really spell it out to the examiner, I think they sort of, it just validates your response a little bit more. And it also gives yeah. you more thinking time in your brain as well while you're identifying the problems to really structure out yeah. what you're going to do. So I think it's quite advantageous to do it that okay. way. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second question sort of just goes on from that asking, you know, that it's not the first time that your colleague has attended placement unwell. How does this change um, the way you respond? Now, this it didn't matter whether you said, yes, I would do the exact same thing or no, I would change. It didn't matter. What mattered here is that you identified that this is like a pattern of um, behaviour and whether you think it's correct or incorrect. It's sort of like, why is this happening? So I would touch base with my colleague, you know, um, uh, are they okay? Is everything okay at home? Do they feel supported? Is everything okay with their academics and support that they're getting from the academics team? Because they obviously are uh, still coming to placement when they're sick, so maybe they feel extra stress. Also, if they're coming to placement sick multiple times, um, are they really stressed and run down in other areas of their life and things like that that may be affecting their overall health? So just opening up that sort of like why is this happening, questioning that, and also, again, questioning sort of your role in the position. So have I already had this conversation with this colleague? What has their current their previous views been like and their previous takes on the conversation? And do we already sort of have a rapport about this situation and can build from there? So that's sort of, I think, what this question is asking. And it's sort of wants you to discuss the morals again of um, maintaining this relationship with your colleague, demonstrating empathy to your colleague, but also patient safety has been breached multiple times by this mm -hmm. colleague. So we need to protect patients and it's our sort mm -hmm. of responsibility to protect patients. Um, so I think overall you did well and you did sort of quickly mentioned delving into the scenario of, of sort of voicing your concerns to your colleague, but didn't go into that too 
too much. So I think if you just spent a little bit more time delving into that and what that would actually look like. So how would you actually voice your concerns to your colleague? So saying things like making sure it's done in a you know sensitive way. We're in a private room. I'm not attacking the colleague in front of our other colleagues, things like that. Um, ensuring that, you know, we provide a solution together. Like I will come with them to talk to our academics supervisor. Or I will talk to them. I'll help them create an email um, so that they're not worried about missing placement or whatever. Or maybe I'll swap tutes with them, something like that. Um, you know, ensuring you really spell out the scenario as to how you would go about this, I think is really important here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Awesome. And then the last one was more of a um, question about yourself. So um, it's sort of saying what would you find the most challenging and what are your strengths and weaknesses? And I think you answered this really well, you know, saying that the hardest part about this and your weakness together is that you're a people pleaser and you're not you're not wanting to upset your colleague, which I think is perfectly valid and I think is a great weakness to mention here. You know, it's not too much of a red flag weakness. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is one that is shows that you're a good person, which is great. So I think it's a really good weakness. The only thing I think you could have um, done better here is sort of spoken about how you would get over this weakness. Um, okay. And there's, it's really hard when talking about weaknesses because obviously you don't want to be like, oh, I have this weakness and now I've solved it by doing this thing because yeah. everyone knows, well, you're still going to have the weakness. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a balance of, you know, coming up with an idea as to how you would overcome that weakness, but also identifying that this is always going to be in the back of your mind that you're not wanting to upset your colleague. So it will be challenging for you. However, you will do X, Y, Z to try and overcome it. Yeah. Um, and I think if you added that to your response, you would have done perfectly fine in um, question three and would have done, uh, you would have ticked all the boxes. Yeah. Um, but you did talk about your strengths really well. I think, you know, adapting and supporting your colleague, I think is your strength in this scenario and you'd already displayed it throughout. So it made sense and it wasn't sort of um, incongruent to what you were already saying. So I think overall question three, you did really well, just needing a little bit more of that, how you would get around your weakness specific to this scenario yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Any questions? Yeah, it was very, very helpful. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, overall you did well, It's especially for your first time. I think the main things you can work on at the moment is just structure of yeah, your responses sure. and what you can do in reading time to maybe ensure that you can have a stance, if that makes sense. So yeah. what things can you brainstorm in the reading time to ensure that you can be confident in the decision that you make throughout? Because yeah. I was a bit like that as well. When I first started practicing med interviews, I would always – sit on the fence for things because I was like, well, that shows that I'm open-minded and that <laughs> I don't have to make a decision. Yeah. But most of the time there is usually an answer that they're looking for. But in saying yeah. that, you can say an answer that they may not be looking for as long as you back it up with, you know, okay. why. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid to pick a side because I think either way, both sides can be acceptable. Like in this scenario, technically the right answer is probably this student shouldn't be going on placement, but okay. it's complicated. And as you said, you know, she maybe just really cares about her academics and is stressed and is worried. So it's more complicated than that. So it'd be yeah. okay if you took the other side, just as long as you justified it and um, structured your response in a really strong manner. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. 
Well, if you need any more help, um, let me know. You've got my email, so reach out and also um, uh, listen to some of our other episodes where we run through. There's there's one that's very similar to this, so it would be interesting for you to listen to that um, and practice again at home and mm-hmm. see how you go and listen to the um, the other students' response as well, see what they said and my feedback there as well and sort of just solidify your learning a little bit. Thank you very much. Okay, there we have it. So we ran through that station with the student and she did quite well. It was one of her first times practicing a um, MMI, um, so did really well considering. Hopefully you found this useful and helped and found the feedback section helpful as well. If you'd like to hear more mock MMIs or station breakdowns where Karim and I run through some stations, tune in to future episodes. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halad to Health. Please like, share and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.